Justin. Um, I want to welcome Dennis. Dennis, it's been great to, I've, you know, Lenny uh, LaGuardia has been trying to introduce me to you for, I don't know, a year or two. Yeah. I don't really know how long, yeah. but a while, but he's always like, man, you're going to love this guy. And I met you at KC last week at a coffee shop and you pulled up in this just masculine truck. And you're awesome. You're awesome already, dude. So, <laughs> but we had coffee together. And so, Hey, on the, on this episode, we're going to be talking about when fathers turn their hearts to the next generation. And Dennis is based in Kansas City. He actually runs a ministry called Turning Hearts. And his entire passion is to literally disciple families. I mean, yeah. this guy is like you're rare and you're, you're a pretty amazing guy. And they also they also host a house gathering, which is kind of like a house church. And yeah. it's just very passionate about equipping people and empowering people. So, Dennis, welcome. Yeah, thanks a bunch. <laughs> no, uh, it's great to be here. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Like you were saying, it was great to meet you last week here in Kansas City and love any opportunity to speak into the lives of men, to the lives of family. Uh, what an area of need, a neglected area, I would say. I mean, we have those ministries over there in the back. And if you ask hard enough, you might find somebody that can help with those. But uh, but it's our everyday life. You know, yeah, and I, I spent uh... with every day. It's parenting and marriage. And anyway, so, yeah, glad no. to be here. Hundred percent, man, and, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of walk through a little bit of Luke, a little bit of Genesis, a little bit of war, how this family's bred for war, or prepared for war. So we got a really fun um, kind of agenda laid out here for you. But as we kind of get into it, you know the the problem, and I'm not picking on the church. I don't want to pick on the yeah, church. No, I'm for not. the church. I'm, you know what I mean? Like we're part uh, of the church. We're called, yeah, it, right. Like, because in the marketplace, I could have been a multi-millionaire well, way by now. You know, it's like, it's like, Lord, I gave you the sweet days of my life, and I'm going to continue till till the end of my days. You know, fighting Amen. for your name and your church. But yes, it's it is an issue. It, there is an issue when um, the concept of discipleship has turned into a program in the church culture. And I'm not against programs. I think they can be very helpful. But they can't replace this concept of fathering and mothering. You know, I call it the lost art of mothering and fathering. So, I mean, dude, I'm talking to Dennis Aldi. You're in Kansas City. You're passionate about this, raising up men to, to disciple the family. So give us a little bit of your passion, man, and then we'll get into the agenda. Yeah, no, uh, it, it's a long story, but um, I have uh, got married 30-something years ago, uh, had seven <laughs> kids. So we had quite an opportunity for, for a lot of fun in the house. Uh, but for, for my whole life, knew there had to, the Bible has to have a real answer. You know what I mean? It yeah. can't just be this thing we attend on Sunday, but we go home and we're just in chaos and no hope for the house. And then as well, I'll even throw in the reality that growing up in a Christian home, I had great parents, so blessed, not, you know, I'm so thankful for the heritage I have in the Lord and my family and the impact that had on me. But at the same time, how many of our families were just the church has decided when our kids get 15, they rebel. Matter of fact, I heard that it devastated me. I was at a Christian yeah. conference in I think it was in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm from the South. Um, and. The preacher gets up, and at that time, I had a couple of kids, but my wife and I, we always said we wanted 13 kids, but we kind of got a little bit exhausted. After <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, uh, the guy gets up, and he says, you know what? how it is with children? He said, um, 
you know, you, you love them and you serve and you train, and you do all these wonderful things. And then they hit about 17 years old and they rebel against you and your life is hell. It's terrible. It's a terrible life and everything, all your dreams are crushed. And maybe when they turn 25, 27, you can uh, try to start to build back the relationships and see if you can be a little bit close to them. And I'm sitting in that meeting, you know, with some public <laughs> I'm just like, I need a new religion. I need a new religion. If that's what Christianity offers, yeah. that, that I'm guaranteed my kids are going to rebel and my life is going to be hell while they're doing it, worried about them. I right. literally, we need a new God uh, right. because the God we serve isn't able enough. Or don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Don't get married, have kids. Amen. Oh, but. And I knew that wasn't the case. And so all of these things the Lord using in my life, and then we're, we're having a lot of kids. And I'm like, there has to be a way. Uh, the Bible has to speak to generations knowing the Lord. And, and so, I, you know, I begin to go back and I'll just mention, you know, Exodus, the, the law, the, the sins of a father are passed on for three and four generations. No, get, get right into it. Go right into the Genesis part. Well, yeah. Right that, here. Go ahead. All of it. The, the sins of a father passed on for three and four. But you know what? The righteousness of a father, it says, for thousands of generations. Yeah. So what an opportunity. Mm. And, and God created us as men to have impact, you know. And so mm. I do. I, I want to impact thousands of generations. So I've turned my heart to the generations my own children. I even turned my heart to my own parents, you know, right. <laughs> to honor them. But the verse I was going to mention, you take get into it. Genesis chapter 17 is the very famous covenant where God cuts with Abraham. And and I don't remember exactly when, but if you'll go to Genesis 17, I'm going to guess it's about verse 18, but somewhere in that range. You know, and God cuts covenant with Abraham and he says, and your seed will be as many as the the stars in the sky and the sands of the earth. But he keeps saying it's an everlasting covenant from generation to generation. And mm. that is how I define the turning of my heart. I'm I'm looking to the generation that went before me, those guys older than me. And I'm saying, come on, give me what you got. Give me what you, I need. This. <laughs> And then I'm turning around and I'm being as active as possible, which is way more than sometimes my kids want. Uh, <laughs> as active as possible, training them in righteousness, giving them my heart. You know, it'd be way easier to check out and just make all the money you mentioned. You know, yeah. it'd be yeah. way easier to provide for them, so to speak, but not give them my own heart. Yeah. And, wow. and I think that's I'll, a big mistake that's being made. It is. In the church. And I think most of it's just because people don't, I mean, the scriptures are clear that people perish for a lack of vision, right? Yeah. yeah. That prophetic revelation. And, and God has given us the strategy. I, I kind of look, I kind of look at what you're saying right now is kind of like, you know, I don't, I liken it to zeal. Like I don't have to muster up zeal. Zeal right. belongs to God. I just got to get close to God and his zeal is going to become part of me. Absolutely. It's the same thing with training, turning our hearts. You know, God's always turning his heart to us. And even like you mentioned in Exodus, I love that because God will deal with us in discipline, but just for a generation or two, but his reward is for thousands. Yeah. You know, like it just speaks to his grace and his, yeah. you know, because yeah. I'm, I'm very passionate about the word grace yeah. because of grace ops. But I actually, the Lord turned my heart to grace because I hated the concept of grace. I hated cheap grace, hyper yeah. grace. I, I was like, 
screw grace you know like all these screws in my language you know but i was like yeah, no. forget grace dude who wants to do anything with grace just forget it it's, it's yeah. i'm tired of it but god turned my heart to it and then you start looking in the old testament new testament all stuff and you start to see that even in law there's grace and even in grace there's law you know and you start to so so yeah man um you know kind of and i think in the genesis passage i'm i might i'm not 100 percent sure it's either genesis 13 or 17 attached to abraham's covenant is this phrase um, that they would uh, possess the gate of their enemy, that they would overcome and possess yeah. the gates of their enemies, right? Like this family, this covenant family. Yeah. And so like, it's coming kind of like zeal, right? Like we're just getting, just get close to God. He's already got a strategy. Yeah. You know, he's already got a strategy for your family to win and for you to have great kids. And, you know, he's got a strategy for everything. Like I don't have to get super creative and muster all this stuff up, right? Like, yeah. No, like even your name, right? Turning hearts. You stole that out of the Bible, right? My right. Name, I did. I, I stole it right out of the Bible. It's all God's stuff. <laughs> so. I agree. I agree. No, wholeheartedly. And and unfortunately, again, just going back to that covenant with Abraham, generation upon generation, that we would win in the gates. I mentioned this to you earlier. You know, we um most of our homes. So, well, let me just say this first though. I spend a lot of time with a lot of young men. I do. I mentor several or, and, and families. My wife and I do a lot of ministry to families. And, I, and I'll just be honest. The truth is, is that a lot of our young men that are now husbands and fathers, they just didn't see a good picture of it. So we don't have a lot of confidence that we can do it, which is, my, in my opinion, is where grace comes in. It is this tangible reality of God. That we say, you know what? I may not know what to do, but I will. <laughs> right. And I will win at this. Even I may mess up so many times. It's never this idea of perfection, but it's this right. grace moving me forward. But it is. We're in our families, you know, so often it's husband fighting wife. And they're just constantly trying to work things out. But it's so difficult. And, hey, I know. Uh, I've been married 33 years. I understand that. Yeah. But the Lord's intention, if, if we were supposed to win at the gate, and I think you said this to me, Brian, I appreciate it. It's the strength of our family that brings that win. A man that's just there alone, he can be taken out. But when he's got his father and grandfather and his children and their children, right. it's the, and the, you know, the family unit was designed to win and to win at war against wicked forces in heavenly places. And, and, yeah. and against an enemy that's trying to stop those generations from passing on. You know, if, if God's covenant was for the generations, the enemy come and start cutting that, passing it on from Dennis's generation to mm. my children's generation, he wins. He knocks out several decades and uh, generations of, of people, which is where we are today. You know, again, yeah. I don't think the church, you mentioned the church, mm. I don't think the church intentionally found ourselves here, but by a lot of good tactics of the enemy, yeah. we're here. Yeah. And we haven't, men, fathers haven't been able to rise up to that challenge or to yeah. go in and, and pass on what God gave us to that next generation. For the sake, I've told my kids and my wife and I, we teach this parenting class. I, I tell everybody the bad news is this, okay? <laughs> not going to know if you were a good parent till way after you're dead. And right. everybody goes, well, what do you mean? I, you know, my goal is just that they move out of the house and have jobs and can pay their own bills. Mm. And I say, I know, but that is a terrible goal in fiction. I mean, it's great. I pray all our kids do that. 
but I have one goal in life, and it's that at least 10 to 15 generations after me are teaching their children what I taught mine. Right. And so I'm going to be long gone before I'll ever know if I was successful as a parent because we are after the generations. We're after turning our heart. And so that that turning to me is extremely practical. It's, it's what yeah. you know, it doesn't mean people have to quit their jobs. But it is a priority and an engagement of heart right. with something other than our job. As men, I'm speaking directly to men because I, I appreciate this being a, a ministry to impact the men. So, anyway. Yeah, actually, you know, Grace Ops is for the whole family, but we aim yeah. it at men because it's the yeah. spearhead. And that's and, right. Man, this, and you know, you mentioned so many things there that I'd love to take yeah. an hour or two to unpack. Exactly. <laughs> but, exactly. But just try to skim, you know, kind of hit through it. But there's, you know, you mentioned like arguing with your wife, yeah. you know, and, and you mentioned uh, younger guys not feeling like they were prepared. I mean, I'm probably one of those guys, even though you're, you're you and I are probably pretty close in age, but I'm, you know, as a younger guy, I never really had like, yeah, I didn't know what I, you know, I didn't come to Christ until I was like 17. Yeah. You know, no one really, I went, I went out and looked for father types, but no one really trained me or yeah. you know, showed me the way, I mean, they kind of did. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm just been a lone ranger, but yeah, it is tough sometimes when you're like, you know, I've got four daughters and, yeah. you know, am I doing good as a father? Um, probably in a lot of ways. Yes. Probably in a lot of ways. No, you know, like could be working on it. And, yeah. you know, like you'd said earlier, like, it's not about perfection. You know, we say that in our culture all the time, it's about pursuit. You know, it's just keep trying again. Like, you know, even yeah. as I, as I lead people all the time, I'm like, it's never too late. You, yeah. know, you know, you could be 60 and it's never too late to turn your heart to your children. You know, you could have yeah. totally screwed it up your whole life. Right. And, but the power when a father turns his heart to the children, I mean, it's never too late for that. Right. Like right. it could be the last two weeks of your life and it could be the most redemptive, powerful thing that your kids yeah. could remember. Right. Like I'm just yeah. saying like, there is a power totally right. when a man turns his heart And I personally, I I'll just kind of, throw a couple this in here real quick. Like I had to give myself permission <laughs> all these years. I'm not going to read the Bible every year. And I'm go. I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. you know, there's this Christian performance yeah. and I'm not saying it's bad. If you want to read your Bible, oh, yeah. you can read yeah, that, go, go for it. I want to read my Bible every day because that's where my strength comes from. But dude, I had to give myself permission. No one taught me that. I just yeah. had to realize I don't learn that way. That's weight. Like I didn't go to college. I'm, I'm more of an entrepreneur type guy. I don't need college. And it's like, I'll figure it out as I go. But if you get, you put me in a college where I got to read hundred pages a day, I might as well just end my life, dude. It's over. <laughs> like, that's just, to me, that's death. You know, that's death yeah. by reading, you know? So it's like, I can't do, and I had to do the same thing in my parenting where it was like, I just found this passage was Deuteronomy six, right? Where the Shema, the hero Israel, the Lord that yeah. God is born. And, but it goes on right after that. And it talks about, you should model this to your children. Like as you walk, as you talk at yeah. dinner time, as you lay them down to go to bed. And I was like, I can do that. Yes. And so I just picked out a few little things. Now I've been super busy the last two or three months and I'm already a busy guy, but I've been extra busy just doing a lot of stuff for grace ops and getting things ready. But, and I've told my family, I, I, I talked to him last few days. I'm like, man, dad's I'm back now. I'm just busy now. I'm not crazy busy. Right? I'm like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to make time for you guys. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I, I know I've been, and I, and I've actually in the midst of the business, I tried to take them out every Friday for lunch and, you know, I did did little things like that, but you're so right, man. There's such a power 
talk let's talk about the well let, we could lay down a couple things right so we got because we referenced psalm 127 yeah you know that that's a very popular verse unless the lord builds the house we labor in vain right those who build it unless he watches over the city well you know when it says god builds a house he's building a you know what lives inside a house is a family and so god i've always seen it that god's building a global redemptive family a, through a chosen people called israel and in christ we're grafted into the mission strategy of sanctifying the name of god yeah. through his people to set apart his name by the way we live yeah and so um and then it goes on verse three children are heritage or reward verse four is like they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior right yeah. and verse five is like the man who fills his quiver with them so he, the, this yeah. man is busy with his purpose says he won't be put to shame when he stands with his enemy in the yeah. gate and the lord showed me that that was clearly about generations you know yes. that enemy's not afraid of one man but he's afraid of one man that's bringing generations yes yes i i agree totally that the verses you're using there like arrows in the hands so i'm a, i love bow hunting uh, <laughs> i'm a big hunter and all this i teach archery uh classes all the time and i use that verse uh, believe it or not every parent wants me to teach their kids because I, I take that verse and i say so let me ask you guys a question you're all 16 years old in the room you're learning how to shoot a bow i said i want y'all pick up your arrow and just set it over there and see if it'll shoot itself now speak to it say shoot itself hit the target and of course it's an impossibility and i said you got to remember kids you're an arrow in the hands of a warrior you better know who your warrior is and your warrior shoots you out and we've missed the enemies come in and he's telling kids, oh, your parents don't understand. They were of a generation that was whatever. They didn't have cell phones and they don't <laughs> understand your life. And it's a lie from the devil. Yeah. It's absolutely kids. An arrow has to have a warrior to hit the target. And I, we mm -hmm. define what's hitting the target to me. Hitting the target is fulfilling the destiny that God made you for. And, and so we've, that has been so broken in the Christian community. We, the church, unintentionally bit into the lie that God wants me to go do a new thing. And yeah, you'll do the new thing, but the new thing will be under the direction of generations. It'll have the anointing of past generations, and then it'll have the ability to even get pass on more anointing to that next because of exactly what you said. We will be ashamed at the gate. Uh, is for this purpose. We as men were created to build little families that become armies. And, and we are put in locations to deal with the, the surrounding environment of those. But we're just so busy having to wrestle with our kids, and with our wife that we're just, and again, that, that's not like you're terrible if you're doing that. No, we're all there. But the point right. that we can come together and say, now, you know what, I'm not against you, my wife, or my kids aren't against me or each other. We're together to fight the enemy at the gate. Yeah. That's the Lord's purpose, I think, in all this. And You know, you said something when we were together in Kansas City that really stuck with me. And it I learned in that moment from you. I thought it was really cool. When you were, you just talked about how a father, because we were talking about, well, how do we do this, right? Like, how do we do Bible studies and get yeah. this. How do we train the kids? Right. And cause that's something that's been really hard for me. Cause it's like, yeah. I've been through those sessions where you call your kids to the dinner table and you're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go through Psalm 127 or whatever, you yeah. know? And they're like, they're like, they're like, dad, I'd rather 
be dragged behind a car, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, but this is the word of God and we're going to do it. And I've even had to discipline before the thing starts. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. this isn't going, this is terrible. Right. As it starts. But yeah. you know, you, you put this out there and it, it actually is very freeing because I'm going to practice this now for the next couple of decades. Cause yeah. you're like the, the role of a father is to discern yeah. what the family needs. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, you know, you're like, maybe they just need to have some fun, play a game. And then yeah. in the midst of the game, you're, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's such a better approach than this religiosity of like, yes, you know, because I'm yeah. trying to do it to be a good dad. But I'm also maybe trying to check off the list. Right. Like, oh, yes, I'm doing that stuff I'm supposed to do because I never I wasn't raised like this, you know, so right. was, I'm figuring it out. So that was really good advice, man. Yeah. No, I, I remember reading in the scriptures where it said we're the priest of our homes. Mm. And, and then there's another scripture and I don't remember where they are. I'm not good at that. But. Another scripture says the job of the priest was to discern the body. And so I can remember, you know, again, now I, I still have four kids living at home and um, my youngest is now 18. So, um, um, you know, coming home from work one day and there's just stress in the house and, and it's family night. And so in my family, we did Now There was one thing I, I can't I can't say it enough. But again, it's not for the rule of this. It's for the, I'll use your word, the grace of it. We had a night of the week that was family night. And I'll tell you, dad didn't miss it. I turned down every opportunity if it took me from family night. I, nope, I'm, I'm book solid that night. I don't care if it was $10 million. I'm book solid that night. I got a commitment because I wanted to teach my family that my heart was for them way above other things. Yeah. But, but the point in those family nights was I would get there and do just what I said to you. You know, my family's stressed out. What we need to do is laugh. Right. And so watch the Lord minister to us as a family just by us having fun together. And so, yeah, there's times we, we teach how to worship young kids, how to have a quiet time. We yeah. teach how to obey parents. We, it, but it's never just this order about it's what is the family need. So, yeah, it's been huge in our family. And numerous times I could tell our family just needed to chill. <laughs> or, right, like, so we put in a movie that we liked and just chilled, you know, and, and, well, felt you know, and, and what's cool about this too, is like, you know, earlier when you're saying like guys fire their wives or they're distracted with their job goals and that kind yeah. of success goals. Um, Cause you know, I talked to marketplace guys, you and I are more called towards the church. Yeah. You know, but then you've got those guys that are gifted and skilled and they are called to the marketplace. Right. Absolutely. So for them, I know guys that make mistakes and make hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, they they fall down a stairwell and, it, you know, gold falls out of their pocket. They just have the ability to make money. Right. Make wealth. Yeah. And they just have yeah. that gift. And so, yeah. you know, we want to talk to them. And that's, I got a guy right now that's a multimillionaire. Then uh, he, he lost everything in 2008. He's actually going to be on the podcast. Uh, he's coming on the Grace Ops team to actually help families build wealth, you know, and help them be smart. Like he's like, let me look. Yeah. He went, he's like, I want to get into your budget and help you find a hundred bucks by saving some money and, and doing a, B and C so that we can take that and invest it, you know? So he's a rare guy. Cause yeah. it's hard to find that type of guy that will just help anybody, you know, in the financial yeah. sector. But, but anyway, you know, for him, um, it was just like, Hey, slow down. Like, so I'm bringing this up because like we live, I believe we live in the busiest culture maybe ever on planet earth. There's so much stress. Yeah. Finances, COVID, all of the yeah. madness of COVID, yeah. um, you know, tyranny, all kinds of stuff that we see rising up. And so God sitting back, patient, sovereign, going, 
they're going to get it one of these days that it is about the family, my global family called the kingdom of God. Yeah. Advancing God's government and the earth, you know, and so and we do that through families. We do that through discipleship. I mean, that's why Jesus set up the Great Commission. It's, you know, because back then Jesus didn't have it wasn't like the Great Commission program that everybody came to join. Yeah. He went up to them personally and said, hey, come follow me, follow me, you know, and, and then they lived with them for three years and it was very expensive and it cost them a lot. But and then at the end of three years, he's already died. You know, I always say this because we forget it sometimes. We forget that when Jesus did the Great Commission, when he commissioned his disciples, he was already he was already in his resurrected body. Yeah, he'd already died. You know, so he came back to put on the finishing touches because all rabbis would commission their disciples and. Then he had to send him in Jerusalem to get the power, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. But, uh, but you know, it's just there's so much stress, dude. It's it's insane, and it, it's eating even the church alive, right? Like, yeah. So we just a lot of times I'm like, just if if you guys if people could just learn to tap the brakes, learn to slow their life down, yeah, not be controlled by like one of the things we had to tap the brakes on when in our earlier days with our children, our girls was really just sports. Yeah. I mean, my kids liked sports, but we didn't like it as a family that it was so controlling. Yeah. So like overbearing. It's like my kid's not going to be, she's not aiming to be professional. She's just trying to be a kid, having fun and learning yeah. some team dynamics. And, yeah. 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 You know, but there's just such this intensity of like, they're not in it when they're in third grade and fifth grade and sixth. Yeah. They're not ever going to have a chance in junior high. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know, like they got to miss Wednesday night. You can't be at church. We're going to be doing sports stuff on Sundays. And, as a family, that was tough because, like, it's like, guys, I'm like, we got to make a decision as a family if we even want sports in our life. Yeah. That, that is a tough one, man, because we've said no to a lot of opportunities like that because we won't tolerate it. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I totally agree. And I'll, I'll make a statement that, you know, when my wife and I started out and we were having kids and having family times, we, we had to learn so many things in our own marriage. And then as the Lord did them in our marriage, did in my personal life first uh, with me as a man trying to figure out, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a godly man, a husband, and then a father? And, and, and the Lord really sealing and beginning the process of sealing me, and my identity as just somebody God likes a whole lot. And, and, you know, wrestling, what makes me godly, what doesn't make and just having to get rid of all that. And so the Lord miraculously does this work. And he's still my number one need every day is God. What do you think about me today? Because if I let my mind figure it out, man, I'll be tossed to and fro here and there being busy, That's being so powerful, man. all these things. So good. But in that we learned some phrasing that helps us, but it sounds almost like, well, now how do I do that? So I kind of hate to say it, but it's <laughs> my goal was to capture my own heart as a man. And we thought, what do you mean capture your heart? It's to get in touch with the weakness, with the reality and the honesty of who I am as a man. Yeah. And, and then let my wife see that because, and I'll say this now, often your wife tries to say that and we criticize her. She'll show us a weakness. And we're like, well, baby, if you'll just do this, this, and this, that won't happen no more. <laughs> we're done. Let's come up with a new problem. Yeah. That's right. Solve. And, then, and, and then we as men occasionally will be vulnerable enough to show our wives our heart. And they're just like, well, that's your loser, you know, whatever. And and, and so we as, as, as brothers and sisters, husband and wife, but brothers and sisters in Christ don't even know what our own hearts are often. And men have a way harder time with that than women. 
Right. But then the vulnerability to share it with someone. And if you can do that as a man, if you can capture your own heart, share it with your wife, and she's probably going to trample it a few times because yeah. she's. <laughs> but I need you to remember you've done that to her numerous times. So it's not like she's the bad one here. The goal of the parenting and passing on to this generation, turning our hearts to that next generation is to give them our heart. Yeah. That's why I say, I can say, dad, you need to give your kids your heart and you need to capture their heart. I promise you, if you give a child your heart, you will have captured there. Every movie we ever watch, Brian, the, if, if you ever go to something and you mention like, it's not too late at 60. And there's some yeah. dad that in the last moments of his life yeah. becomes vulnerable and he yeah. shows that yeah. heart with his wife. The whole place is weeping in tears. Yeah. Yeah. We were created yeah. to, to know our heart, to give our heart and to share that heart with a spouse and then our children. And if you do that, your children's hearts will be, I mean, it's Malachi four, five and six to the max. Mm -hmm. The hard part is, is for men, it's, it really, it took probably a long time. I'm not going to say how many years, because I still probably am struggling. Yeah. But to really know the heart of who I am as Dennis Aldi, my strengths, my weaknesses, not try to hide the weak, but really even trust a wife that she won't trample, you know? Uh, right. And again, it's not that a wife is bad. It's it's just all of life tells us we're terrible when our weaknesses come public. Right. And it was so critiqued by how we do rather yeah, than cancel culture. Right. But everything is yeah. that. And and so but but I want to throw out the statement. I encourage people mm -hmm. make this your prayer. Lord, tell me what you think about me and help me connect with my yeah. own heart so I can give it to my wife and kids, even if it hurts, even if it hurts. Yeah. Because we're after again, it, the the very phrase of what we're talking about: turn our hearts. We got to have our hearts turn it. Well, when you said that about the movie theater, yeah, just you just think about the power of a turned heart, right? Yeah. Like in in like you're saying, like when we understand what God's saying over us, what it, what what's happening is a couple things, right? We're getting words of healing spoken, yes. us, words of new identity. Yes, and identity is what drives behavior, and that's where the church. Yeah gets it a little backwards because we religion likes to crack the whip on behave a certain way. Yes. We're it's yeah. impossible to behave holy if I don't know God, right? Like it's impossible okay. if I don't know my identity. It's just impossible. I won't even really desire it. I'll just be trying something that I don't like. You know, it's just yeah. be kicking against the goads, you know, as ancient yeah. statement or whatever. But oh um, man, like the identity of so like in our culture of grace ops, you know, we would, we would apply the, of the five-star charge. The word that we chose for this turning hearts is affection. Yeah. That we would actually, as men, we would use it like an anvil. And I like how you're describing the relationship with the wife and have grace and take, take a couple on the chin. Cause you've given her a few on the chin, you know? So yeah, I like that. Cause I've got that tension in my marriage and, you know, authenticity is a very powerful thing. And it draws people because yeah. what it says is, I don't have it all together, but yeah. maybe together we can figure it out, you know, and, yeah. or I don't have it all together, but I'm, I, I think there's a better way, right? Like, so, and we say that even in, in Grace Ops, we're all about building your band of brothers, we're all about getting at least two guys that yeah. you can be vulnerable with, that you can actually be authentic with and do the five-star charge, do, you know, let's do this thing called 
uh, discipleship. Let's yeah. let's let's train each other. Let's raise each other up and cha- challenge. You know, challenge is a good word. Cha- let's challenge oh, one another. Right. And, you know, because a powerful you uh, know in, in a marriage is powerful. But I I, I also want to challenge men to go outside of your marriage and get a couple guys. Yes, totally. And and really do. And I know you're about that too. But you know, yeah. like, like do that thing. Because a lot of times too, it it can be beneficial to me to talk to to my band of brothers in an authentic way. Um, also helps me in my relationship with my wife. Yes, you know, like I, I there's certain things I'll do with my band of brothers, or certain type of dialogue or content that I'll have with them that I probably won't get around to with my wife. You know, yeah. and yeah. Uh, although she knows me intimately, knows everything about me, and and will yes. correct me in a heartbeat. And yeah, yeah. I always, hey, I always tell people I'm going to make it to heaven because of Jesus' blood and my wife. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, my wife is always trying to save me. <laughs> so, but uh, no, that's very powerful, man. So our ch- challenge of affection is, yeah, get, let's give our affection to our wives. Yes. Let's give our affection to our children. Yes. Let's even do what Jesus said. And this is tough. Give our affection to our enemies. Let's care about those who even hate us. Yes. Jesus did that so well. And then, you know, we'll find ourselves becoming the men who are like him in nature, you know? So, and that takes, it takes a band of brothers. It takes, you know, a community to raise a child, right? Like it takes, it takes focus, yeah. Take focus in this day of madness, you know, and right now the enemy wants everyone to believe just like you've already shared. It's hopeless. You can't win. Yeah. Um, it's you guys have already lost the battle. You might as well hang it up. And it's just not true, man. Once the church awakens is we're like the guy in the movie. We might be a little late to the game, but when we turn to heart, man, the power of God flows and it moves the nations, you know what I mean? So it's like, Amen. we want it all to happen right now, but we're not going to be late because God's the one that wins. <laughs> so. No, that's true. No, we have to remember that. I mean, again, these aren't just good self-help type tips. Mm, I mean, no. this is the reality of the heart of the creator of the universe. I love your word, Grace. I do. Um, I'll remember. Well, it's God's word. I'm yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm messing with you. I love that you picked it. Right, he turned my heart to it, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. we've so misunderstood it. Yeah. But I'm convinced, you know, it, where when sin abounds, grace much more. Mm, I think, yeah, okay, yeah. when I'm tempted to sin, there's supposed to be something much more available than this mm. temptation to sin. Do I find it? Right. Is it here? And 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 I am convinced it is, and it helps me in those moments of sin. It because I'm convinced. And again, I think I, I had a definition given to me about grace. It was the power to be who God created you to be and therefore do what God called you to do. You know, and in the church is just what you said. We kind of mix it up and put the emphasis on behavior. All right, go act perfect and your identity. Well, you know, Mm. but without the, without being who God made me to be, this, the power to be Dennis, when he made Dennis, it was exactly what he wanted with the things I don't like about myself but he likes, and I'm not talking about sins. I'm talking about just things about me. You right. know, more like my big feet. You know what I mean? I always say, "Why are so big?" But the Lord likes them. There was purpose in them, and so embracing, liking those things, and being Dennis is now empowering me in those moments of sin. And 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 
It's transforming me. It's doing those very things to be the man God made me to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so many fathers have called me up and they're like, man, I don't have any idea what to do with my family. And, uh, you know, can you tell me something? I said, look, it matters not what you do, just do. I'm telling you it'll happen. And, and, and that's the encouragement is just turn the heart. You don't have to have the right words to say every time. It, matter of fact, as we've said, it's in those moments when we're in front of our wife and kids or, or just not in front of them. We're just around the supper table mm -hmm. with them, and we just totally screw it up. And uh, we leave and everybody's mad. And two <laughs> hours later, we call everybody back and say, y'all know what? I just screwed it up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? That is, in, is, in my opinion, is as powerful mm. as pulling out the scriptures and doing a 200-point message on grace right? or yeah. on any subject, salvation, you know, but anyway. Well, when you put it that way, it makes me think of the word righteous because we kind of think in our, in our mindsets that, you know, doing it righteous or holy is to do it right the first time. And that's true. Yeah. But when we make it right, that's yeah. still just, it's like accredited to us just as righteous. Yeah, it's totally. like the Lord's like, yeah. when, you, when you, when the dad turns his heart a couple hours later, yeah. oh man, cause I'm a, I'm a type A go-getter. Um, if I didn't have a family, I'd work 20 hours a day. Not cause I'm a workaholic. I don't, I just love to grind. You know, I love yeah. to just go yeah. right, innovate, just all that stuff. So I'm not, I'm not justifying saying I'm right. Yes, I understand. But I'm, I'm, I'm a grinder type guy. And so, you know, there's the biting and producing when I wake up, it's, I'm more bent to produce. Yeah. So I have to, I have to make myself abide. And I know a lot of people who are more bent to abide and I'd like to make them produce a little bit. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? I'm like, he's got to get up. Yep. <laughs> you can't just sit here all day. I mean, it's sit right. here long enough and then go, you know, but yeah. and there's and that's where that band of brothers comes in literally. Yeah. We're with yeah and I think in our band of brothers, you know, there's this, you said Christianity isn't about self-help and that's, it's, I mean, dead on. I mean, there's, it's about self. It's a self-death movement. It's not a it self-help movement. That's like, well said. If you want to, if you want to come alive in these things, die. die. You know, and and that's what my band of brothers is going to help me with. They're going to, in in the the most. This is the hard part. This is the hard part for me. Okay, so I've been serving Christ, following Christ, twenty five years or maybe a little longer. And you know what I really need still more than anything, and what you need, is we need healing. We just need yeah. salvation to heal us. You know, salvation isn't a box we check like we got that mastered. Like God showed me that. He's like, he was like in Titus 2.11 and 12, which is the grace ups verses. That's where it all comes from. Yeah. Titus 2.11 says, for the grace of God brings salvation. And I and the Lord stopped me once and he was like, don't ever separate grace and salvation. They're always connected. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, he's like, He's like, you don't get it yet. You still don't understand salvation. Like, don't think that you understand it. You, you can have understanding of it, but you don't master it. You don't master salvation. We don't master it. We, we're still catching up to the finished work of the cross. We, I don't know what all that means. What does that mean when Jesus dealt with all my iniquities? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What, the generations, the sins of my fathers and grandfathers, Jesus was dealing with on the cross. And I, I get, yeah. I mean, so in one instance, we're like already there. Yes, but in the, in another instance, we're still catching up to it. We're still oh. it's still manifesting. You know, it's still so really the essence of my banner brothers. Like this is the hardest thing, right? Because there's a lot of broken masculine in the world, and there's a lot of pain, 
and and I really just need a group of guys to serve me healing. Yeah. Even if it stings a little, right? But just to yeah. serve, like let me have a place where I can let my guard down and I don't feel like I'm just gonna get, you know, the 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 flamethrower yeah. approach, you know. Yeah. Don't try to fix me. You know what I mean? Like that's a tough one. Don't yeah. just let me be heard. Let me be real slow to come in and fix me. Be real yeah. slow. Yeah. doesn't mean that we don't offer instruction, but you just let a guy bleed, let him ache. You know, there's a phrase in the scriptures that says, um, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And it says our soul knows it very well. So there's actually a, a thought out there that I ran into that as the mouth speaks the pain in the broken parts of us, that the ear hears it. And the soul knows who we really are. And there's a yeah. self-activating type of healing that we engage yeah. with the father. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I believe that actually. goes all the way back to the womb and just wild stuff. Right. But what I really need, even 25 years in, right. I need healing. Yeah. I need yeah. Christ. I need his presence. I need his identity. Like you said, I need to know what are you saying over me today? Yeah. You know, cause we live in a world of madness and this crazy, but the cool thing is, is it's bringing it all to a head. It is. And it's going to cause us to really face and decide what really matters. You know. Amen. Amen. I agree with you. I do. We're, we're, you and I, you and I, uh, I like you, man. You're great. <laughs> I got to hang. I'm glad that Lenny introduced us. Lenny was actually supposed to be with us today. For those of you yeah. listening, Lenny was going to be with us, but he uh, he does this thing on Thursdays. We're filming this on a Thursday. He's uh, takes a day off, and he was like, "I may not be able to make it." And hey, you know what? That's awesome. I was like, Lenny. Do it. Take your day off, bro. Like that's fine. Well, so yeah. that just means we're gonna have to do another one and do a different topic. Like, Amen. You know, and hey, just to wrap it up, if you want to offer any thoughts on the Luke one, you know, that's an identity passage about John the Baptist and says yeah. that he's gonna be like Elijah and turn the, the hearts of the fathers to the children. And yeah. I'm missing something there. I probably should read it because at the end it's it says turn the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the righteous, and to right. make a people ready for the prepared or ready for the to Lord. Make ready for the Lord of people prepared. So, yeah. you know, we've talked about this family's built for war. We're supposed to be sanctifying and setting apart the name of God, yeah. you know, through modeling this to generations. And then in Luke's passage, I love it because it's like this turning of the heart is attached to somehow helping people be prepared ultimately to stand before God. But just be prepared in life. Yeah. So yeah, talk man. about that as we as we wrap up, man. Yeah. Well, no, I, it it's it, it happens. I think it is a natural progression. Again, I'll I'll take it in maybe its simplest form. So we have children and those fathers, parents turning their hearts to the children, capturing those children's hearts. All of a sudden, those children want me to teach them. Uh, morals, Christian. They want me to teach them my faith. They want to. They long to have their daddy's faith, which is exactly the intent of that generational transfer, and that prepares them for the Lord. I mean, that prepares them for the world. It makes them ready. But but somehow in our culture and the day we live in today, the church, unfortunately, again, and I just so agree, man, I'm so a part of the church. So when I talk about church, yeah. I'm in it. Yeah, me too. I'm not pointing a finger in any way. But again, it's so unintentionally we listen to the enemy, the world saying, oh, you don't want to pressure your kids. You got to let them make their own decisions and you got to. But the Bible, Deuteronomy 6, that you meant, talk about it when you get up. Talk about it when you lie down. Talk about it when you walk along. Put it yeah. on the doorpost. I mean, this parents yeah. 
we're to be preparing. And again, I'm taking this Luke one verse and taking it to just the simplicity of a parent preparing a child for the world. Yeah. And, and, and then even on a greater sense, the gospel of the Lord Jesus preparing neighbors, people Mm -hmm. for him to come back, you know, Elijah's, job or John the Baptist was to make ready so that the Lord himself could show up and the people would be ready for that moment. And, and that moment's coming again. He's coming again. And so we're about today, the turning of our hearts because the Lord does his inheritance is a people, a nation, you know, nations. And, and so it absolutely, it does. It prepares our hearts. there's so much we need to know the season we live in what's the lord doing on the earth and how do we get in a line with that and so uh, it's another big subject in my opinion of of what this preparing is and and, uh, but it naturally happens when we give our heart we receive a heart from a generation and we're giving ours to the next it naturally prepares i believe yeah and and ultimately it's god's strategy yeah yeah so it's got to work, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. his plans work <laughs> well. Said. Yeah. It's just God's way. It's the way he did it. You know, it's where he put it out there. So, Amen. well, Hey man, it's been good. Yeah. It's been rich. It's a Amen. good, rich episode. We're going to do this again, bro. <laughs> okay. I would enjoy that. Well, thanks for being with us today, Dennis. Um, as always, always, thanks for tuning into the Grace House podcast. And until next time, live upright. Amen. Amen.